The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. What is up, my friends? Hope you're out there just having the best possible day. My name is Sean O'Shadi. I am joined by two of my favorites, the Prince of Positivity, the King in the North, Higgs Alexander K. Lee, and of course, the Legal oh. Eagle, the Mouth from the South, Jed Mishu. Fellas, it's the beginning of July. Somehow this year is half over. I have no idea how, but somehow this year is half over. So you know it's time for some mid-year awards uh, first of all, just how we doing today? Does it feel like this first half of the year is blown by for you guys? Because it really feels like it for me. What happened to June? Where did June go? Did wasn't was was there a June? Did June only exist in theory? I swear, I it's July already, which is great. I love you know. Listen, I love summer. I love July just as much as June. But it felt like the month just passed by. You know why, guys? You know why it passed by? Probably because we got so much UFC. Because we've had delightful UFC cards every weekend to talk about. So. Who can complain? You know, and and, and uh, like I said, and and really, that's true for most of the uh, most of the half year. We had some great stories. We had some pretty good fights. I guess uh, that's up for debate. We'll see. We'll see how people people agree with us. Um, but yeah, listen, when you have this much MMA content, guys, that where did the, where does the time go? I mean, when you are getting Sean Strickland versus Abus Magomedov every mm-hmm. weekend, it the time just flies. It yeah. just moves so quickly, and now it's America's birthday. Uh, and Canada, obviously, very excited about. Is it Canada's birthday? Is it Canada's? I that's what I think. That's what Canada Day is. I should know this. Uh, shouldn't you know this? You should definitely I know listen, this. I, well, no, I mean, it is. It is Canada Day on the. It is Canada Day this weekend. Well, I don't know when this podcast is going out, but uh, the this weekend surrounding this podcast, uh, it will. It is Canada Day. So, is, is Canada Day uh, when you got your independence? Like. 20 years ago or something Can- the anniversary asked, of canadian politely? the anniversary of canadian confederation okay yes. what day exactly said. is that do you know july 1st july 1st i don't so know why did you answer it before you that that can i said it i already i just said it that it was i said it way before i said it's oslo canada's birthday I do know Canada Day is July 1st. I don't know when it was confederated. If you told me it was like 1965, I would believe you. I'd be like, I'm yeah, that sounds now. right. 1867. 1867. Oh, good, good for Canada. Damn right. I also love that any Canadian listeners can't even get mad at us not knowing anything because you're Canadian, AK. You should know this. I don't think we were. I'm trying to think. I don't think we we're independent. You know what? Let's. Uh, Shaheen, what's going on right now? What's going on with the show? What, what's. <laughs> 
I think this doesn't make the end of the show. This doesn't make the end of the show anyway. This doesn't make the end of the show anyway. This is absolutely. I mean, are we sure about that? This is absolutely making it into the show. Just one quick behind the curtain note, because Jed, you already sort of mentioned it. We're actually taping this on Friday afternoon. Before UFC Vegas 76. So if Strickland versus Magomedov just ends up being the second coming of Lawler Condit, uh, you know why we're not including it for our purposes here, just to let you guys know. Uh, but all right, fellas, let's get into it. Because, I mean, here, here's what we've watched over the past six months. And you, this can either be, uh, I don't know how you want to view this, but this is what we've watched. It might be depressing for some, but maybe not for others. 21 UFC events so far, eight Bellator events, six PFL events proper, and then a handful more when you look at one championship rise and et cetera. BKFC. It's BKFC. Can't not include them as well. When you look at all that and you sort of – we've been, you know, in talking about doing this podcast, we were looking at sort of the best of the past six months. What letter grade would you give the first half of 2023? A plus B, C minus? Like where are we going with this? How, how do you feel like – the action that you have watched so far, because we have all consumed a lot of MMA. And I'm guessing the people who have li- are listening to this podcast have consumed a lot of MMA. Where are you going with it? How, how, how do you feel about it? I'd, I'd love to hear Jed's grade first. Unless, Jed, Ooh. you prefer to defer. Oh, no, I'm, I'm happy to style. give it. Uh, no, I'm happy to give the grade. Uh, I also, before I just briefly want to say, I looked this up so we can continue to provide our readers with great information. Canada became completely sovereign in 1982. So way to go, guys! You're it you're working while. on forty <laughs> full years. Listen, is that real? Um, are you are you messing with me? Or is that that's real? what Wikipedia says? Listen, yeah, Canada it's, Day is not uh like you know it's not our birthday what? technically, but it's an important day. Hold on, and Wikipedia's have, entry on it is amazing. They're not the same. They're not the same. That's not a July first. That's not what we're celebrating on July. What what Jed just I said have, is not what we're celebrating on July first. That's not. What we I have a follow up question though. What is that? What was July, What was Canada in nineteen eighty? What did it belong uh, to somebody? It was still English, buddy. Why do you oh, think the really? queen's still on the money? I they, genuinely lived all of my life without knowing that. No, they, uh, I mean, they've largely been an independent, according to Wikipedia. I was born in 84, so indi- listen, I've been an independent thing. Canadian from day one. All right, so. Not from day one. Do you had, What'd you say? Oh, oh 86. You have been. Oh, yeah. It was 82. It was 82. Born free, you baby. Been. AK was born, born I was born free. Born free. <laughs> not, free. Not under the yoke of the British. But yeah, uh, apparently they, you know, they largely were autonomous. Uh, Grade the in, year. In 82, they got it. <laughs> okay. All sorts of things. Grade right the mid-year. If you listeners out there, maybe you can understand why uh, why I'm talking about Canada. Because this year's been pretty mid. Uh, look, we've had some highs. We've undeniably had some, like, some big moments. Moments we'll talk about for the history of the sport. John Jones's return. Alexa Grasso's big win. But there's just been a lot of other stuff happening that doesn't feel like it's this monumental tie you know shifting thing uh it doesn't feel at least right now like this is going to be a year we look back on in 10 years and say man that's that's 05 you know that's shogun's run or, or anything like that or we're this is just kind of a year uh i'm gonna go c c plus just because there are a couple of very bright moments that give it a little bit of a boost so we're not failing, but we're we're not getting B's here for sure. C. Wow. Okay. Setting the bar very, very average. What do you think, AK? I'm the Prince of Positivity. Mm-hmm. Uh, as soon as Jed said uh, there's definitely no B's, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm willing to go as high as a B. Certainly no higher. Certainly no higher. If, if someone were to tell me B plus, I would be, I would question it. If someone were to go anywhere in the A range, I would think there may be crazy or 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 without sounding condescending that maybe they're they're a newer fan to mma which is also possible because because i think jed frames it the right way is what are we going to remember from this year so far i do think there's moments that will stand the test of time i uh, we're kind of and again i think we're going to get to them without giving away too much i think we're going to get to them on today's show um so yeah i'm i'm definitely willing to say uh that 2023 has so far has not been devoid of memorable moments. I think there's been some good stuff. I also think it's it's not more fun, but it's it's a more like it's an easier time it's an easier time than ever, I feel like, to be an MMA fan. And some people might disagree because of all the UFC cards, but I think that's only if you feel obligated to watch every UFC fight night, which I think if you're an average fight fan, you don't have to. You really don't have to. We do. It's our job. People have heard us in the preview shows. We harp about it all the time. 
our energy levels, let's be honest, aren't always there for UFC, Vegas, 70, whatever. No, uh, that's crazy. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry to, to feel the curtain back for people. Our energy levels, But if you're able to, like, if you're just a fan and able to watch whatever you want, it's just great. You have so many options. You have so many options, even beyond Bellator, beyond UFC, beyond, you know, the mainstream stuff. Like, you, it, you could go on YouTube and watch Czech Republic. If you want to just watch Czech Republic MMA, that's, like, free on YouTube every weekend. They have their own league. They have great highlights. They have good fighters that will probably be, you know, on a better platform someday. So, like, it's kind of cool that we, we are in this age. And this isn't exclusive to 2023, obviously. This has been probably the trend of the, you know, trending for the last few years. But I, I count that as part of 2023 because I do feel like I want to believe people are becoming more aware that there's like life outside the UFC. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe uh, maybe it's still so heliocentric around like, you know, North American promotions. But I do like that there's options. And I think people are get excited about stuff outside of um, the big three, four promotions, whatever, whatever they may be. So that's really where the B is coming from. I think if we're just talking about like North American, you know, what North American and most watched promotions have given us. I'm probably leaning a little more in Jed's direction. Maybe not below B minus, but I get I get what Jed's saying. So you're giving it a solid B, Jed. You gave it what? a solid, you, a generous B, a generous, generous B. Like I don't C know if it's solid, generous. No, no, I'm a C to C plus. I think maybe closer right. to C plus because Bellator did have a pretty good start to the year, but. I mean, ultimately, the biggest story this year is not a fight. It has nothing to do with Engage. It's Francis Ngannou and PFL. And if sure. the biggest story is not a fight, it feels like maybe it's been a pretty mid-year of fights, you know? I would I would push back on that, that potentially John Jones coming back and sort of doing this thing that he had been talking about for 13 years. That's probably as big of a story as the Francis situation. But I think I, I sort of split the middle between you guys because both very on brand. I respect it. I love it. Uh, AK going high, Jed going low. I think I go right in the middle. I give it like a B minus. It certainly isn't some a year that I so far at least that I would be, you know, bouncing my my grandkids on my knee, t- telling them about 2023, the first half of 2023, and how spectacular it was. But I do think there were some highs, and some, some and those highs were very high, right? Like, and we'll get into it here shortly. Uh, and also, I will say it seems like the next six months is set up to potentially bump that grade up decently. Like we have some pretty, if, if everything plays out the way that we feel it could, and a lot of that is still question marks, we could be talking about this year in much higher regard by the end of it. Would you agree with that? For So if we're doing this show after fight week, international fight week, it's certainly a boost because the two title fights on that are sensational. And I mean, then we've got Poirier Gaethje. There are some high water marks coming up, uh, but I'll be honest. Part of the part of the downfall for me, and I, you know, can't speak for anybody else. Part of the reason I, it, it's hard for me to ever envision a year being an A plus year anymore is just simply the oversaturation of it. There is there is simply so much of it. Like, yeah, Volk Rodriguez is awesome. Moreno Pants is awesome. Poirier Gaethje is awesome. Even Aspinall returning is like really cool, but we're also going to be getting, you know, Holly Holm, Rio Boy and Silva. We're going to be getting a Bellator car headlined by Logan friggin' Storley. Like there's just going to be a bunch of the good moments, but then just so much in the middle, just such a wall of sound at us that it it brings it brings everything lower. The highs stand out, but everything sort of has this patina of meh for me and I, I think that that's sort of the reality we live in and it will be tough for me ever to kind of get past that uh, i think at this stage how how far back do you have to go to find an a plus year in mma pretty oh, far i mean I off uh, the top 2016, of my yeah probably. 2016 sort of jumps the, out the off the top of, of my the head rise of McGregor. Or 2015. Some of that, some of the golden era sort of right there of the McGregor Dude, Rousey. Anything in the early love. 2010s was awesome. I did when I did the rookie class ranking in there, and anything in that stretch from like 2011 to 2017, most of those years were really good damn good. Um, you Jeez, just had, you had the influx of talent coming from Strike Force, coming from WBC. You had women coming into the UFC. You had all this sort of vibrant, exciting times. And now we're I mean, the sport's too big now for that to really happen unless the UFC acquires 
you know, Bellator or whatever, that would be sick. Like that would be an awesome year <laughs> if that ever well, happened, frankly. That would not be sick but, for fighters' paychecks, but it would be it would be helpful for better events. Look, certainly. The fighters don't care about their paychecks, so whatever. I've stopped fighting that battle. They are okay making pennies. I can't care enough for them. That's just how life's got to be. You know what's crazy? And I don't want to get into the whole tangent, but they're not, it's not that they don't care about, it's not even just that they don't care. It's like they're aggressively angry when you try and advocate for them. Like they come after you. <laughs> like, how dare you tell me I'm not getting paid enough? You don't know. It's like, okay, all right, cool. Um, just a quick look. I think 2016 is the last year that sure. I would be like, is like, was hot fire. Two, two Diaz McGregor fights. I think there's probably a year that we're missing in between then. Oh, because that's Maybe about seven years in between. The, yeah, I feel like there was a year in between was that pretty good. I remember being very good. But either way, either way, I think we are all sort of talking around the same area, right? C plus, B, B minus. That We feel like we're in the same range. But that being said, I do think the highs, as we've said, were very high. There are already a couple notable, very notable things that we will remember by the, by the time the year ends, several years from now. And I'm sure we'll get more as the year goes on. So let's sort of go through these categories that we have laid out in front of us. You know, you know how they go. They, I mean, they're the very basic categories. Fighter of the year, submission, uh, knockout, and fight. And we're just going to talk through some of the biggest moments so far in the first six months. And so let's start with fight of the year, because I, to me, fight of the year is usually the 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 ultimate judger of the year, right? If you have twenty fight of the year category uh, contenders, it's been a very good year. If you have a few, maybe not so. Uh, so I look in looking at for this podcast, I came up with three that I feel really good about that we will still be talking about. Probably by the end of the year. Ooh, Give me some pushback really if you feel like there's less or more. I'm happy am, to hear either way. But I am me, shocked to hear this already, so I'm excited. <laughs> I have one. I have one fight that, that that like truly stands out as an all timer this year, and some others that are good. I have a feeling we have the same one. So I think all of us would probably agree that Makachev Volkanovsky is the fight of the half year so far. Would you guys agree with that? Absolutely. Un undeniably, that's a fight that we will talk about for years to come. That is, I'll be fairly surprised if that doesn't win fight of the year, um, barring some truly epic shit from... I mean, Poirier we got Poirier Gaethje coming up, yeah. But the, the stakes are even different. Like, that fight has to elevate even higher because the stakes aren't the same as they were for Makachev Volk. Like, that, that is such an important, and for me, fight of the year... I say this every year when we do these things. These awards are almost always for me about a nexus between importance and awesomeness because like for KO and sub, there are just way cooler things that happen on the regional circuit of MMA. Like there, there are way more exciting fights that happen in Czechoslovakia, YouTube fights or whatever, but they don't mean as much. So they aren't the fight of the year. They're not the things we talk about. Poria Gaethje is probably going to be insane, but it, it has a high degree of difficulty to catch up to just what Makachev Volk meant as a fight for the sport and the history. How dare you yeah, disrespect it, the BMF title? How, how The vacant BMF it, title. How dare you? It wasn't Makachev and Volkanov. It wasn't like a balls to the wall, like action fight. It was like, but every moment was so tense. Tension. It was a roller coaster. And, and real tension, like real tension, not not there's like a story. Yeah, not like ebbs and flows. Great, fun. not like uh, like Ngannou, like Lewis, where there was tension just because you're waiting for something to happen and you're waiting for you're hoping to God someone would get knocked out. This was like you really believed. Just you know, if you've seen Volkanovski fight before, if you've seen Makachev fight before, if you're familiar with their resumes, like you really you really believe like either guy at any moment was gonna take the advantage was going to was going to impose their will and take the advantage and i'm sure there was moments where they thought they were going to too and then they were sort of the other guy would counter or make an adjustment and just prevent that from happening it was a beautiful thing i i even think uh i made that caveat up if you've seen these guys fight before because i even think if this was the first time you'd see these guys fight and you're at least a somewhat like a casual fight fan i think you'd still appreciate it i think you'd still there's still that sense that this is something enormous happening and that these two are just from watching how they move from watching how they you know how they exchange you would know these are two of the best guys in the world fighting like you would know you might not know the level you might not quite understand like the magnitude of it and like compared to other good fights but it had that i really feel like it had a broad appeal to it um and i also i gotta give credit to the ufc and makachev and volkanovsky for pulling the trigger and just making the fight happen because i think we all agree sure there's a 
cool world where Volkanovsky racks up another couple of tile defenses. Makachev racks up a couple of tile defenses. This was his first tile defense, like before they fought. Great, you know, sure that 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 would have been cool too. It's an even bigger fight, but the fight game is so fickle that if you can just pull if you can just pull the trigger. And again, for the most part, people wanted it. Um, it's not that Volkanovsky and the, and Makachev don't have challengers, but most people had them number one, number two, pound for pound in some order. I know we did. Uh, and how often do you get to, to get to make that happen? So credit to everyone involved for just saying, the, let's just do this right is, now. It can happen. The again, answer but, is yeah. like three times in history. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's rare. The, the top two pound for pound fighters in the world have, have yeah. been within a weight class of each other to compete and did so. Yeah, and, and it's it like play- the third time ever. Yeah, and it played out that way. It was an exceedingly close fight. And it was controversial. I think the score, some people say the score is controversial, but I think in a good way, not in the kind of way that like annoys me where people are like, oh, this is just like such a blatant robbery. Like I'm, I know some people did call it that, but like I I, I like the discussion argument. around the fight. I think like this discussion around criteria, what do you what do you value more? Yeah, you and I have joked about what the people want uh, Makachev to get super back control or something. And uh, But it, I enjoyed the discourse around it, which isn't always the case with these big fights that end yeah, in, um, in controversial decisions. <laughs> so, yeah, super back the, So oh. the build-up was good. The fight itself was good. And I still feel like the discussion after and the possibility of them fighting again, I, I'm looking forward to it. Again, I don't know how soon I want that to happen, but I it left me wanting more while also being a fantastic fight. So I don't know what else you can, you know, you, you can ask for from a, from a contest like that. I, I think that's the one thing that sticks with me most for four months later, four months after the fact of just looking back on it. Cause we've, we've, Jed, you said it, you know, we've had one versus two before, not very often. It's a very special, very singular thing when it does happen, but we've had it a couple of times before. And we've also just had a lot of champ versus champ fights, like especially in the last couple of years, like it's just been something Those that are we much seem more to get. common now. Yeah. It's not very often. In fact, I would say it's exceedingly rare that any of those type of fights, the one versus two or the champ versus chance, actually deliver a very good fight, right? Like often it is a very either a one-sided fight or just kind of a bad fight. And yet this was easily, I, I think, not even in my opinion, just generally like accepted to be the best champ versus champ fight we've ever had. And it was the best version of one versus two just in terms of a pure in-cage action how it played out, right? Like this was, like we said, a roller coaster. This was rollicking. Like the the momentum swings, it felt incredibly tense all the way through. And even even just the fact that it does leave you with like, oh, you know, I thought Volk won, I thought Islam won. Just that level of a debate that shows you that that was that close of a fight and that competitive of a fight. And just you know, coming away from it being, I think most people came away from that being more impressed by Volkanovsky, who was the loser, rather than Islam, who was the winner. Which again speaks to the the tremendous just value of that fight just in from an in-cage perspective that the loser was able to imprint such uh you know like a memory on, on people like that like so i, I agree i think this is going to be hard to beat um but also just the, the sheer fact that this delivered not very often you could say that man the nba playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nba DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet five bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. 
and Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Very, very true. Uh, if you, frankly, if you're doing your own list and this isn't your number one, you, you're just wrong, man. Like, there's nothing else to say. This is, yeah. there is only one choice for one. And that's why I said to kick this section off, I was like, I don't really have this. This is the only one, like, this is clearly number one for me. And it's the only one that's in that tier of here's a fight we're going to think about in, you know, 20 years. Here's a fight in the next three years. If I'm looking back to 2023, that's the first fight I'll think of. Whereas there are other good fights and we're going to talk about them next, but I'm excited to see who you have. Cause I don't have anything that even frankly approaches this one in, in terms, in my regard. No, yeah, I mean, and let me just, let me add, like, I feel like that's kind of also speaks to why we've been disappointed with, like we've given such a rough letter grade to the rest of the year so far, because yep. I'm almost sure Shaheen, I'm almost sure I can quote you like after this, the Makachev Volkanovsky fight. Cause this was what, February, February, February. February. I think you said something. I think it was you. It might have been you or Jed or someone on our panel. It wasn't me, but it said something effect of like, that was such an amazing fight. And man, if that is not the fight of the year, like by the end of the year, like if we have two, any fights that top that, it's going to be a great, it's going to be a fantastic year. Well, <laughs> no fights have topped it yet. So we haven't, it's been kind of mediocre. <laughs> I, we got six yeah. months to go. We got six months to go. We but still, I, we have I, six I, months. I, plenty I, of time. I, I begin. time. We don't even know what will be booked later. True. But... Plenty of time. Yeah. I began this segment by saying there were two others that stuck out to me. And I agree, Jed, that this is Islam Volk is on a tier one. It is by itself. And then I would say tier two is empty. S tier. That's what the kids are saying these days. S tier. Bang. Islam Volk. A tier. I would leave it empty right now. But I do think B tier, there's a couple that I would throw in. One, Rachmanov versus Jeff Neal. I feel like that still still held up. That was exciting. Jeff Neal sort of performed better than I think a lot of people expected he would. And that was the test that we were waiting for Shavkat to get. It was just very exciting all the way through and a hell of a finish. And then also just a man who we've already mentioned a couple of times, Justin Gaethje and Fiziev. I mean, that, that was a banger that I, I would, I will go back and watch that any day. Like that was just a really fun fight. Just like any Justin Gaethje fight was it feels like the, the baseline for a Gaethje fight is like a B tier on this sort of fight of the year list. And that hit exactly with the baseline of what I would want from a Gaethje fight. I got absolutely no issues with those uh, as kind of that B tier of things. Um, I would also, uh, I'll throw out, and this is uh, perhaps personal because I was watching this one cage side and I don't, I I haven't, uh, don't really know how that felt live watching on TV, but Max Holloway, Arnold Allen was like the most tense thing I'd ever seen sitting cage side. It was a really damn good fight uh, watching it from there. And just hearing the shots and and the fight was a lot closer in person than I think it was on TV. So for me, that was a really good one. That's I, a good shot. I don't know. I don't know if you guys felt the same watching it at home or not, but uh, I definitely wanted to shout that one out as well. Uh, I gotta show some. Sorry, Shane. I don't think you mentioned this one. Chris Curtis and Calvin Gaslam. No, that was also good. Or I should say Calvin. I should say Calvin Gaslam. The headbutt scene around the world yeah, by everyone the, except it, for. <laughs> whoever it's was un- referee it, it's unfortunate that so much of the discussion after because i remember the night of a lot of the discussion was man calvin's back and people are so great like this is the calvin we knew is was still there he's still young and still going to run and then like unfortunately chris curtis got a bit annoyed by the the, the miss headbutt and went a bit of a social media rampage uh and again, i don't I blame mean, him. I, I, I would understand. be annoyed by that exactly I, I don't he blame got him torpedoed in the face by a skull <laughs> but that not did, small skull either that did overshadow i think some of the the positive discourse and then he got headbutted again in the imavov fight and now like people are almost forgetting what a great like battle that was with gaslam and you mentioned things being personal jed this one was personal for me because i i took a lot of crap for the longest time uh for keeping gaslam in my rankings i did take him out before this he, he i think by the time he finally got a, a, an actual win uh <laughs> uh i'd at least had him out for a few months but i i after he won that fight i'm like i feel somewhat justified in having hang around a long time because he we know what a skilled guy he is there's just always been 
circumstances around uh you know his his not reaching his potential whether it's competing in the wrong weight class or losing a weird split decision to darren till uh, or just fighting guys who are better than him like that's why i didn't want to drop him like i was just like oh he's losing to, to robert whitaker and jack Herb. like good guys losing to good guys so um it was nice it was a nice to see a vintage gaslam performance and it and a great back and forth fight but one that like i knew calvin gaslam still had in him and has me very excited for um what he has going forward even though he's facing a killer in shavkat and uh fingers crossed making that cut down to 170 again I'm very intrigued by the welterweight thing, just to see because like we've done this so many times with Kelvin, but it's been a while. We've had a nice like couple year break here between the last welterweight attempt, so I'm curious to see whether it works out for him. Let's move on though. We got a couple other categories here. This next one is fighter of the year, which is almost like the MVP right race, right? Like halfway through the NBA season, there's always that the half year check in to see who's leading the MVP race. It's a little harder for us because six months isn't a lot of time. So the 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 there's a very limited amount of high tier fighters who have competed more than once. I think you you can find people who have competed more than once. And, and shout out to Gilbert Burns, already three so far in 2023. Man's just rolling through it, two and one in those three. If he was if he had beaten Bilal Muhammad, yeah. he would be my fighter of the year at this point. No question. You took yeah. the words right out of my mouth. If you're three and zero oh <laughs> by June, you, you you're snapping that up. <sighs> Uh, also, I'll shout out Johnny Walker and Brendan Allen, both of whom, also Jailton Almeida as well. So how could I forget Jailton? Of course. All, all of whom, 2-0. Uh, but so far to me, it feels like this is probably a three-horse race by the end of the year, depending on sort of how the, these next results play out between Israel Adesanya, Alexa Grasso, and John Jones. And so I would throw it to you guys. Who do you feel like is sort of the front runner right now with what they've already done, but also sort of what's ahead? Couldn't disagree more, so I'm going to let AK uh, respond to you before I Interesting. come in okay. over the top with different arguments. Uh, listen, I'm all in on that. That uh, Israel Adesanya finally, finally, you know, conquering Alex Pedetta. I mean, I've just got to give him the nod right now. Like, I I give him so much credit for the way he handled the loss. The, the loss was at what December, right? That was December end, end of last year, December. November. November, maybe? No, I think it was uh, October, maybe. October. Anyway, it, the last it was quarter. So end of last year. End of last quarter. Yeah, last so. quarter of last year. Uh, loses again, technically, for the third November. time to this guy. You know, for, first time in MMA, of course, first time in a UFC fight. But the whole narrative, it's been, we've gone over it ad nauseum. He just can't beat this guy. He can't beat him. And and he lost. He doesn't just lose. He lost in a way he'd lost before, which was he seemed to be leading the dance and he gets knocked out. This time on an infinitely bigger stage because again listen the the amount of people who were saw that it, it, let's just say in north america who saw that first fight live is one one hundred thousandth of probably the amount of people that ended up watching their their actual first mma fight so everything was magnified and then i love that he went that may hour after uh he said he would he told ariel he would he's a man of his word he just seemed to handle the loss really well um which wasn't super surprising given what we know about izzy uh he he's he's pretty like self-confident and self-aware which you know was good to, at good at times and bad at times, but has served him well. And then for him to you know of course want to immediately get that rematch and be granted it, and then take care of business so emphatically was uh, was just awesome to see. And I want to say he's going to have a strong case to finish as the fighter of the year. But yes, the whole you know presumably he's defending his title in Sydney UFC 292, still waiting an opponent, and no one's really jumping up. I don't want to get I don't want to get Jed started because I, I know there's we're... a very good chance he doesn't <laughs> defend that title at that event. Oh. That's that's uh, that's kind of there's, there's already rumors that they're not even doing it at a pay per view for yeah, yeah. That, that that very much might just turn into a fight night brutal brutal well hopefully he defends the title anyway so before the end of the year there's no reason he shouldn't and uh, in that sense maybe the time it could work out to have a little more one of the more intriguing uh, challengers emerge but um, yes uh, uh, just for that one win again like we said there's other champions or people who became champions who just have that one win and uh, yeah certainly we can have them on the list but if I'm going number one right now the most memorable. Uh, the the fighter who who did the most for their career, uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna give Izzy the nod here. It's close though. It's not it's not like by a mile. It's close. No, I mean I think I'm with you. I I I've been kind of vacillating back and forth between him and Grasso, uh, but I think I sort of land in the same place where just like you look at sort of the the signature moment, the signature highlight of this year, and it is Izzy. It is Izzy knocking out. Alex Pereira, like there has been no moment that has been more memed. There's been no moment that has been in more fan edits, more more fan videos, just been on TikTok and Instagram and whatever else and 80 different versions than that moment. Like we have seen that moment ad nauseum since it happened. And it just, what it meant 
professionally, personally, the emotion afterwards, beforehand, that whole fight week, just that whole storyline. It feels to me like that's sort of the signature story and, and highlight of the whole year so far. And so I would agree with you. I mean, I lean Izzy. I think he may have a tough way to a tough road to sort of win fighter of the year because I don't know that beating of Robert Whitaker for the third time will sort of be looked at as highly as maybe some other fights and wins that other guys w- and, and women will be able to get. But sort of at this six month check in, I lean that way as well. But Grasso, I, I, I get lean. I gave a lot of weight to i almost sort of just pushed it her direction because again that face crank you i can't i will never get the image out of my head of sort of her like the moment she releases it and it almost just looks like valentina has the world's worst sunburn with with the different color tone the white and red on her face from the pressure of that face crank uh but i'm very curious to hear your opinion on this jed you're sort of sitting here bemused by our whole conversation hit us what do you got so far well, I think your guys are almost all the way wrong about everything. Mm. Uh, here's okay. here's where I'll start. Fair, fair. Uh, if if we're looking at this as a projection of who will win Fighter of the Year, my votes are going to obviously be super wrong. You'll find out why in a moment. Uh, I would say that if that's what that that's the kind of contours of the conversation, I think Izzy probably is the front runner to be Fighter of the Year at the end of the year because if he does get one title defense, frankly, if it is over Robert Whitaker, I think that's a phenomenal year for him. He he avenges, he beats his nemesis, and then he beats the consensus second-best dude, even though he already has two wins over him. doesn't matter. He gets another win. Maybe it's spectacular. I think he's the leader in the clubhouse. I say he's the leader in that because I do not personally believe John Jones will fight again this year. If John Jones fights Stipe Miocic and wins this year, this is not a conversation. We... There's just no conversation to be had. John Jones is going to win Fighter of the Year if he gets one more fist fight. I think this, you're right this year. And I think it. you're right. Unless I, Alexa I'm, does I'm, something, I, unless Alexa finishes Valentina twice, then I think she will very have a very good. Case. If Alexa Grasso does a spinning flying triangle armbar, it will not matter if John Jones returns after a three year layoff, becomes a two division champion, and then goes and waxes Stipe in November. It just the narrative will be too strong, regardless of the quality of win or whatever. John Jones will be your 2023 fighter of the year if he fights one more time. I just personally don't think that's going to happen. Uh, for me, for this, I chose to just look at it at the six month mark, and so we're not talking about you know fighters we will necessarily remember forever. Though maybe for me, it was who did the most so far this year, who has been the most pound for pound, you know, dollar for dollar thrilling television to watch and it's a man you mentioned jaheen it's jelton almeida two fights up two finishes two performance bonuses nobody else is doing that i had brendan allen on the short list i had ian gary there as well but for me looking back at this i kind of just wanted to give shout outs to the people who are out here grinding who are putting in the work getting big w's and who won't be in the end of year conversation i know for a fact unless jelton gets two more wins of this magnitude he's not going to be in the top five but I'm looking at them from that. The last thing I'll say on this, I think, well, I think it's, you know, John and Izzy are two sort of the top horses right now. I would say that's only because of narrative, because uh, I nobody has mentioned him yet. Brandon Moreno is about to defend his title against Alejandro He's a guy. He has lost to twice. He already has a dominant win in the quadrilogy, tetralogy with, with Figgy Smalls. He beats Pants in July in, in a week from now, which I'm picking him to do. That's a hard-ass fight. If, if we did this show next week Brandon and Brandon Moreno wins, he is my fighter of the year at this moment in time, unquestionably, and he still has room to get a third fight in there against, I mean, it looks like Brandon Hoyval. If he has a year where he beats Figgy Smalls, Alejandro <laughs> Pantoja, and Brandon Royval. People won't love it because, you know, flyweights never get the love. He will be my fighter of the year this year because I don't care if Leon Edwards comes back and beats, you know, Colby Covington or whatever, or Jamal Hill beats, uh, we finally get a yearly fight. The only person that would beat a Brandon Moreno for me in, in that scenario is maybe we can maybe have a conversation about Islam Makachev if he goes out and dusts Oliveira again because – Fight of the year win over Volk and smoking, you know, Charles Oliveira, one of the most exciting fighters of all time, former champion a second time. That's also a very good resume. But for me, 
I'm predicting Brandon Moreno for end of the year. So three things. One, I mean, you're playing to the crowd right now. You're playing to the perfect audience with the Jailton Almeida pick. You know that AK and I love the Jailton Almeida pick. You will get no argument from me whatsoever about that man deserving anything. The man hasn't been punched in 2023. I love it. And never will. And never will. And never will. Never will. That is the future champion. I'm here for that. Two, I will say I am somewhat surprised by your complete dismissal of Grasso in this conversation for a couple of reasons. One, because A, you you lost your entire bank account on that fight because you oh, didn't geez. see it coming. You, you I have so a very did. good answer for this, by the Let way. Me, please continue. You, you were so, so stunned by that account, or so, so stunned by that result that you literally lost your entire bank account on it like that absolutely that, to me plays a part of it but Shaheen, also you don't like, have to keep saying been, it you don't have to keep saying it Shaheen. you don't have to keep I, saying I, it. I feel like i need a hammer home. but also like you have been <laughs> the number one valentina shevchenko stan in my life for like three or four years talking about how good this woman is and how no one else stands a chance and she just rises so far above the rest of the division and she finally loses in like a really interesting surprising Don, like brutal way and you're sort of just sweeping it under the rug that to me is surprising especially if grasso does it again like a lot of people who seem to upset the champion do they it consistently seems to happen again uh unless you're juliana pena and it's just two and over valentina i it would it's surprising to me for you to discount her in that respect number three i think the brandon moreno shout is a great great shout because if you're three and oh as a champion in a, in a calendar year you're probably fighter of the year i would just say that I mean, you should be. My Here's my response to the Grasso thing. It's a fair criticism. I'm not here to say it's not. Uh, but I've been pretty firmly on the record for this since starting with MMA fighting, however many years ago that was. Uh, tremendous accomplishment if she goes out and defends her title. She will be winning an award uh, that we'll talk about in just a moment here. For me, I don't give a ton of credence to beating the same fighter twice. I mean, I, I don't... It, it's not like a bad thing, but... The year Max Holloway was the MMA fighting fighter of the year, I went hammer and tongs with people because Max just beat Jose Aldo twice. And as great as I think Jose Aldo is, beating the same fighter twice is not to me nearly as impressive as beating an array of fighters, no matter how good that guy is. Because styles make fights. You have a guy's number, you have a guy's number. That's sort of just how it works in my head. If Grasso wins, tremendous accomplishment. Nothing to take away from her, but that... We'll probably get her in the top five because it's such an important thing, but it won't stack up to Izzy getting two wins. But John we're Jones not there yet. Wins, we're, this, is check-in. this is a half-year yeah, check-in. This is a half-year check-in. So I'm just talking yeah, about today. And, and so for you, you to discount for today is interesting. And I thought you said my all of my half-year people were due to one multiple fights. Sure. Wait, I thought you said though Makachev would love to. I thought you said Makachev would get points if he beat Charles. Charles projection though. We're talking about right now today. Right. Yeah, that's if he beats Oliveira. It's not beating a guy. It's just not beating the same person in the same year. Two uh, wins uh, over uh, Valentina is an incredible accomplishment, but to me, that will stack up less highly than you know Makachev beating Volk and Oliveira, or Izzy beating Whitaker and uh, Pereira, or the three that Moreno could have. Uh, if we're just if if you were just telling me, I got to just pick who are the fighters we're going to talk about the most at the half year. I think Grasso is probably number one or number two, frankly, from that win. But I wanted to give some shine to, you know, the the Jailton Almeidas, the Brendan Allens, the people who are putting in work a lot and and delivering great performances that should be memorable. Understandable. What what if Grasso def- snuck in another title defense in December? I'm, if she gets another title defense in de- in September, uh, no, uh, December, one, in December, she's defending in September. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah and she's, she could if, sneak if she in. Gets well, I don't the think problem she would, is but... if she's doing that, she's probably beating Aaron Blanchfield. Yeah, and she, that's, I'll tell you what. Exactly. If she, I mean, then the discussion's puts, over. Yeah, if she puts two dubs on Valentina and then then rolls up Blanchfield, ain't I? I rescind my Moreno All statement. Right. We're talking about one of the greatest years we've ever seen <laughs> at that point. I don't, I don't think that's happening. For I think Aaron Blanchfield is the champion without a title for for the next year until she gets the chance. I mean, you'll get no argument from me on that one, but let's keep it moving. Cause I think we're about to talk about Alexa Grasso a lot more submission of the year. This is really a one fight race for me. I mean, I, I you can throw out whatever honorable mentions you want, but Grasso 
over Shevchenko by face crank feels like the shoe-in winner. It's going to take something really tremendous to beat it. I mean, this is it, right? This is the lock of all the locks for the categories. I wouldn't say it's the lock of all the locks, just because I think fight of the year is is pretty much that same lock of all locks. But I think this is a clear number one. Um, I, I have a, an honorable mention that I'm a particular fan of that in other years would have a great shot at it. But again, nexus of quality and importance. No, no more important moment has happened this year. There have been other equally important moments. No more, no moment that is more important, more iconic. The image of Shevchenko with red faced, um, the image of me looking live <laughs> on on MMAfighting.com great website as my dreams. Boop. Uh, it's it's all just it's it's too much. I think this is very 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 likely to win this at the end of the year and certainly gets it at the half year. I was going to say this is, I would almost say it's more of a lock uh, than Makachev Volkanovsky's. I feel like we're going to get a more, maybe a high level fight that's, I, agree I mean, that. not higher level in terms of skill, but high level, I don't know, high level fight in terms of excitement. Again, we're, of course, we're thinking about Dustin Gates, uh, Gates 2 and and uh, and who knows what else, uh, what else gets booked. So I'd say there's a chance. But then I realized uh, Olivera is probably going to submit Makachev in their rematch when that happens. Okay. So that will become the submission of the year. So definitely, I, mean, I can't say, honestly, I can't say if, this. If the he bigger. does that, <laughs> <laughs> if Oliveira submits Makachev, that is your submission. That's the new year. one. That's, oh, so absolutely. I can, yeah. So I cannot. <laughs> say, that is going to happen. So I cannot say that this is a lock. Obviously, stay on I that would, train for every. I'm not I, off I respect yet. The I'm not off. <laughs> but yeah, this is this is the number one. Uh, shout out, honorable mention. I think for me, a pretty clear number two is Shavkat Rachmanov, Jeff Neal, which got a little bit of love in the fight of the year convo, but. Uh, just I loved everything about this because it looked for all the world like Jeff Neal is about to be the first guy to see the scorecards against Shavkat Rachmanov. He's going to lose, but he's going to be the first guy who gets that moral victory. And then the last minute, Shavkat's like, nah, bro, here's a bulldog choke while we're standing against the fence. Get out of my cage. I love Shavkat Rachmanov like my grown adult son, son and uh, he's the number two for me at the half year. Give me any standing bulldog choke. It's just like by far one of the most viscerally brutal things to watch. Just somebody get dumped on the floor after a standing bulldog. It's rough. It's I love it so much because people who don't know jack about fist fighting can look at that and be like, that sucks. Like you show somebody <laughs> an armbar who like has no concept of fighting. It's like, I don't really know what's going on here. Like, unless they can see the grimace of pain, like, what's happening? Why is the fight over? That's weird. Everybody has a visceral understanding of, that dude, that hurts, man. Don't want to be that guy. I love it so much. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, that's nasty. It's the kind of thing I think. And was Shavkat? He would have probably won a decision. It was a good fight. It was a great back and forth fight. And Neil, fight. Neil gave was, him absolute he hell. Winning, he, he was. He would have won. He was winning the third round. Would have won the decision pretty yeah. cleanly. And, and Neil was all but toasted. Yeah, eating a lot of work in that third. But and, and that's what we like to see. We love to see uh, fighters who listen. It, it, winning decisions is great too. We're not saying every fighter who's going to be a contender, who's going to be a star, has to be this like killer knockout or submission machine or whatever they don't have to be but when you show you have that side of yourself man it makes you and we're already talking about shavkat a lot like we're already you know even before that we're all predicting shavkat as a future champion uh, at the very least like it'd be shocking if he never fought for a title then he gets a great test to neil i think we all agree is a great test i think he was probably like a significant favorite but you know anyone who's watched neil the guy's been in fantastic form in the past few years so uh it was so for him to not settle not settle for like getting the scorecard. He's like, I want to put this away. I don't even. I don't want to hear the judges. I don't want to hear that from. Uh, he, hates he, he hates judges. He hates judges. He's ad- he's judge averse. He and, and- Jailton Almeida just can't stand <laughs> no. them. No, 
they're, they're, they'd put judges out of work if they could. Uh, so yeah, it's great to see. Again, you, you, you really want to see someone who can just has that extra gear uh, and says, I'm, I'm going to put this exclamation point on a performance. And uh, it's it's not easy to do at the UFC level, for the most part, let me tell you. When you get to the level he's at, especially. And uh, he certainly did the damn thing. Well, let's move on. We have one more big of the big four categories here left. And to me, this is the category that has the deepest amount of options so far in 2023. Definitely this year. Absolutely. Right. Like fire, firework display for the 4th of July, the knockout of the year. Uh, I, I mean, I can just throw out a bunch right now. I don't know if you guys have others, something that stands out to you outside of this list, but I would just, throw I out. think there's a very clear number one. Well, I think and I was about to say everything else is pretty good. It's also me, really good, but Izzy Alex two is the clear number one, right? It's just the same as what I said for fight of the year. This, the most memeable knockout so far we've gotten this year. You have seen the most fan edits, most different versions of this video, this clip, the celebration afterwards, everything everything that goes into it. Uh, I would also throw out, though, Ismail Bomfim beating Terrence McKinney with a flying knee, Lorenz Larkin uh, beating Makhmedov Burkamov with the standing elbow, Edson Barboza, Billy Q with the knee, Patchy Mix, Hafion Stotts with the knee. Lots of knees, lots of knee this year. This is the year of the knee. Uh, Sadabu C versus Shane Mitchell. We just saw that this past weekend with the spinning wheel kick. Uh, also, the KSW punch from the bottom. I can't pronounce either of these gentlemen's names, but the punch <laughs> from the bottom of Mount, that was one. For, and then uh, there was also a really... There you go. Okay, close it. Close uh, and then one other that I would mention would be the standing elbow KO from the road to UFC. Um, I, I cannot pronounce this gentleman's name who beat uh, Han Sol Kim with the standing elbow, but tremendous stuff all around. Where would you guys sort of land with this category? Do you agree Izzy Alex is the number one? And would you sort of, is there anything else you would throw in that? I'm so tempted to make a case for my boy. Uh, let me try this again. Govatsky, Govatsky. I'm going to say Kristoff. My boy Kristoff, because I just had never seen anything like that before, and uh, I I get it. It's a it's a it's a weirdo freak show fight. It's I, I don't know if they're both boxers. I know I know Kristoff is a boxer. I can't remember his opponent um, was also a boxer. And again, that's the only the kind of knockout you're getting where you know one guy has that kind of great punching power, and the other guy is probably not a super high level mixed martial artist either. Um, I just I. I, I, I'm struggling because, you know, we, we do cover a lot of regional stuff when we get the chance. And, like, I don't think I've ever seen Knockout from the bottom. We, we, we've, Uriah of course, Hull. seen uh, – Uriah Hall had one on Tough. Did, from the bottom. Oh, Dylan Andrews. Like, Dylan Andrews. With, like, he was using elbows and stuff. He was in the bottom of guard, though. He yeah, guard. I don't think he was in – I don't think he was mounted. Yeah, that's that's the – yeah, Maybe I don't think he was I mounted. I remember. It's, it's been I a don't while. think he – I think he had guard because we've seen very rarely KOs from full guard, mm-hmm. which are, like, still impressive. And and that's was one of the things that was created that sort of mystique around Uriah, obviously, and then also the Adam Cella, the spin kick of death. And thank God I'm, I'm only saying that figuratively Adam Cella, I think, did fight again after that. Fortunately, um, or maybe it's not a good thing he fought again. Anyway, but yeah, I just never seen this before. We've seen uh, Alexei Olenek, you know, submit people from uh, from uh, being mounted, right? That's his whole deal. The the, uh, the the Ezekiel choke, right? Uh, but a knockout, like a clear KO, was so cool. So we have to take stakes into account. It really can't be number one. When I think of the first half of 2023, regardless of just knockout, the the most exciting moment for me was is he pulling that off and finally getting that W and then the celebration again, mileage may vary with these things. I love that kind of spectacle. Um, and it just added to what was already like, again, one of the best finishes I think in a UFC title fight and definitely the best KO of, of the half year so far. Well, in particular, right. You look at the context of that whole sequence up until the moment that Izzy actually lands the knockout punch, it looked like history was repeating itself all over again, right? Like it looked like Alex was about to do the damn thing once again. And then it's just like the way we talk about Izzy forever for the rest of all of our lives is so vastly different than the, than the reality we now live in. But he pulled it off. I agree with you. Yeah, it's it's the most... Arguably, it's like one of the five most meaningful knockouts of all time. If you Ooh. consider what wow. what the inverse okay. is, like, I mean, just think think about what happens if he loses, like, right? Because he's against the fence. I know that Izzy says he was playing possum. I just don't buy it. Um, frankly, like, I, that just feels like a thing that fighters say. He he was kind of getting moved around the cage in pretty bad ways in that fight. 
Uh, and he the saw light kicks had done their damage too. They yeah, had added up absolutely. And like he's like maybe he wasn't as badly hurt or whatever. But regardless, if he doesn't score that knockout, that fight is trending in a very poor direction for him. Certainly, and if he loses, and we're talking about a guy who's the second greatest middleweight in UFC history. I think after the loss to Pereira, he probably can't really ever climb Mount Anderson Silva at this point in time. But he loses that, and now it's what, what what's happening to him. This guy, he has been vexed by Alex Pereira his entire combat sports career. Where does he go? Does he move to 205? It's the, the pair, like the sliding doors moment of that KO is one that I think will resonate for years to come of what could have been. So... One of the most important knockouts, certainly in recent UFC history, I think, um, and undeniably the one. But AK, I, I love the the Christoph Glavaki uh, fight. I think that that is one that I will certainly have in my list at the end of the year because it is so unique. I mean, there, I genuinely don't know if we've ever seen. I feel like I've seen some things close to that, but not the same. And so I, I know it's happened before because I perused around the internet when it did, but it's so unique and rare that it, it's a unicorn. It deserves at least to be lauded as such, even and though it happened it's at a ridiculous. big show. It happened at a big show, right? Yeah, Obviously yeah, not a big, yeah. not a, not a big, not a big fight with big stakes, big but at a, at a massive but, show. But yeah, so it deserves to be lauded as such. Uh, and then the rest of them that were mentioned, all great. But for me, the one I really want to give shine to is Patchy Mix on on Halfian Stotts, just because tremendous. I mean, I didn't know Mix could do that. I didn't yeah. know that that was. I thought Mix was just uh, he he just grappled some peoples, and then he just colded because that's the the big part on, also for KOs on me outside. You know, it's want it to be important. I want the aesthetics to be awesome. Like mm-hmm. I think the greatest knockout in mixed martial arts history, as far as I'm concerned, is Francis on Alistair Overeem because it it didn't matter. And it's just the coolest shit you've ever seen in your life. The photo, like it, the it, photo of his head popping is, off like a champagne cord. I mean, I could just rewatch a loop of that boop, boop, boop over it. It's unbelievable, and you get that with uh, with the mix Stotts things. I mean, he just goes flatline down. Izzy's also his flatline, but it's like a combination of punches that does it. So maybe that docks like a half point from the total. The mixed one is pure and clean, and it meant so much to Bellator and, frankly, to the non-UFC Bantamweight division and where we go from here. Uh, that's It's an honorable mention for me, even if it's not the one. Can I, well, can I, I just think, say... Just really quickly, one go. aspect of what you just said rings so true, and I hadn't thought about it, but it's it's 100% right. The I didn't know you could do that. Didn't that know. element of a, it's the of same a knockout... the same Nurmagomedov thing. Yeah. The, if you can if you can walk away being like wow i did not know he could do that that is adds such a fun element to any of these and that's a great point you mfers uh better have patchy mix ranked above henry cejudo when those rankings come i'm sorry i guess I'm, I'm so we haven't already do we haven't done a ranking show in a bit so guys i apologize i'm getting a little bit antsy uh but you guys better have him ranked above Henry Cejudo. Otherwise, we're, we're, we're going to have a problem. We're gonna, we are going to have a problem uh, if I don't see that name above Henry Cejudo going forward. I'll check, I'll check real quick. Oh, okay. Hold on. Oh, he, oh, oh Jet, wait. I see Jet, Jet's moving names now. <laughs> he's, in the, he's in the top moving names now. He's in our shared doc. Shame. We, haven't, we haven't done anything on We haven't done a ranking show in like uh-huh. a year. Listen, listen, I already had, I, well, people know, I, I don't want to get into this whole thing, but I, I already had Patchy Mix well ahead of Henry Cejudo because Henry Cejudo <laughs> wasn't in there. Uh, I hope that this is the case. If I see anyone rank Henry Cejudo above Patchy Mix after that spectacular knockout, that, uh, I didn't know you could do that too. knockout. Uh, I will be very upset. And uh, I may have probably to, bump Sergio up. May too, have to have so. some people kicked off the panel. I'm just saying, if I see that. I will say, I'm glad you gave a shout out to, to Patchy. I want to give also a special shout out to another Bellator guy who I'm very much predicting is not going to be on anybody's list by the end of the year, but should be. Lorenz Larkin's standing elbow knockout of Berkamov was, that was pretty cool. incredibly brutal. And I just called this the year of the knee. It's also kind of the year of the standing elbow because we're getting a lot of these. And I just love the aesthetic nature. You, you're talking about the aesthetics. The aesthetics of Larkin's right there. 
was just sensational. And I, it, to me, I've always loved Lorenz. I've, he's always been sort of an underdog, dark horse guy in this division that people forget about. That was a nice reintroduction, I think, for a lot of people. Of like, oh yeah, this guy's been around. He's been really good for a long time. He left the UFC as like sort of a top eight, top seven guy in this division and then completely got forgotten about. Uh, so I really appreciate Lorenz sort of re-emerging in this sense that like he did last year. Or this there, and there was a little there was a little story there too because the first fight with uh, Berkamov, Ber- Ber- Berkatov. Berkamov? You just went through like five uh, versions of it. <laughs> which, which one is it? Which the one is third it? one. Berkamov. I don't know, just whichever one. <laughs> Help me. Uh, the third. This, this was a rematch because the first fight had ended in uh, in uh, I it was I poke I think I poke or groin strike. It was a no contest. Don't because recall. You guys don't even remember this. Well, there was. Well, recall. to Stitching's point. Uh, yes, it, it, it's it's always nice when people have a rematch um, when the first fight you know ended in unsatisfying no contest something like that. And it's ended in such emphatic fashion. And and uh, he was, I believe, an underdog in the first matchup because his he opponent has this cra- his opponent was. has this crazy like what like twenty four and something record, right? He's 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 got this lo- you know one of those loaded. Uh, I'm not entirely sure who they're fighting, but uh, but certain looks impressive records. And uh, Muhammad Berkamov, thank you. Um, fifteen and fifteen and oh, fifteen and one, what was he? Fifteen and one. Fifteen and one when he ran into uh, Lawrence Larkin. So a lot of people assumed that. Um, he takes the advantage. Oh, I'm sorry. I had to look it up here. Uh, 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 elbow to the back of the head is how the first ended. And then poetically, a proper elbow to the front of the face uh, ended, ended the second fight. So, uh, yeah, it's aesthetically, aesthetically pleasing, a little bit of a storyline in there, and a really, really, really big win for, for Larkin. Uh, anything else you guys want to mention that we haven't mentioned so far before we get out of here? It's been, again, a very, I think, interesting year, up and down, a lot of events. Some good, some not so good. We've had some highs as we've talked about, some lows as well. Anything that we haven't mentioned so far before we get out here that you want to mention? I'm just going to throw this out there because I think it's still the funniest thing that's happened this year. Um, And it's from our great friends in BKFC who have leaned all the way into Mike Perry, which, look, if you're going to lean into a particular niche of, of MMA, the Mike Perry one, you could do a lot worse. And Mike Perry... One, there are so many good quotes of from Mike Perry on the buildup to his fight with Luke Rockhold at BKFC 41, I think. The one that I'm going to say is obviously the, you're the booger man now after putting a booger on Luke Rockhold. This is the most infantile, incredibly funny thing, and it still makes me giggle to this day. But a quick shout out to in the same interview... <laughs> Mike Perry, when Luke Rockhold's talking about like what he's gonna do to him, and you don't know, you you you've never seen anybody like me, bro. Like I've I've got the tools. And Mike Perry just looks at him and goes, "It's a left or a right. It's not that confusing. It's a left <laughs> or a right hand footwork, some head movement. You're a southpaw. I'm orthodox. You're range him an inside fighter. It's not that confusing, bro." It's just the most incredible Mike Perry response to Luke Rockhold trying to be like, I'm going to show you things like, it's, it's boxing, man. We're just going to hit each other. It's not that hard. Just still A plus up. efficiency. Yeah. A plus a verbal- economy of words there of Mike just getting across exactly yeah. what he needs. It's <laughs> a left or right. It's not that confusing. It's such an unbelievably cold ether. Verbal, verbal KO of the year. For Mike Perry, then he wins the actual fight and pretty, you know, uh, pretty brutalizes Rockhold. Yeah, yeah, brutalizes him, and then has to face off McGregor. So, I mean, that's the the best week for a, a fight. A, Maybe Mike Perry I, fighter I, of the year. Like, we we missed like, out. I'm, here. No, I'm no fan of Mike Perry at all, personally. But boy, if we're talking about who is one of the most talked about fighters of the first six months, had a big he's, year. He's has to be top three. I and think, he set himself right? up I for mean, massive raise. Yes, and I and I'm I'm and I'm, I'm and I'm talking and I'm including like thinking about Izzy, thinking about John Jones, thinking about Alex Grasso. I would comfortably slot him in there as far as people like if we're just talking about who who fight fans were talking yeah. about, who would be like actually talking about social media impressions, whatever you want to. He's in there somewhere. He I think he's in that top three. I think he not bumps one of those names out of the top three. He he was so his popularity just boomed with the BKFC that one week with BKFC. It was incredible. Absolutely true. I also, I just got to add this in because I forgot, like I'm, I'm pulled up the article now so I could have that quote on the Boogerman quote. Um, <laughs> this maybe is just an award for how absolutely clueless Luke Rockhold is really because 
because further down in their like conversation, Rockhold asks, and I quote, who the F has ever put me out with one shot, Mike? Yoel Romero, Perry quickly replied. Then there's a whole nother statement from Luke Rockhold like justifying it. And Perry jumps in. Michael Bisping, his left hand. Just, you can't say stuff like, who's ever put me out with one shot when there's a laundry list of people who have done that? Yeah, I loved everything about BKFC 41 is really what I'm trying to get at. Give me yeah, a BKFC 41 fight week over again and again and again. He's who's ever tremendous. put me out with one shot, Mike? Yo, Romero, Michael Bisping, Jan Blovich. Do I need to keep going? Incredible. That's all I got. That's the only thing I need to talk about. <laughs> this is more BKFC in our lives. Real quick, before we get out of here, because this this has been sticking with me since that whole thing went down, and I've, I still don't know the right answer, but I know which side of the fence I fall on. When it comes to the Boogerman debate, are you team one word or team two words? Is it is it Boogerman with no space, or is there a space between Booger? I'm I'm very that's clear one, one word. word. That's a that's gotta that's be a one it's word. Like a superhero. You're like a it's superhero. Like, it's like boogeyman, boogeyman, but boogerman. Boogeyman would be one word. Boogeyman or booger woman would be one Bo- word. It's just like Superman. Superman's one word. Man. Boogerman. Is here's, now here's my here's my counter to that because I think I'm the other one. Yes, boogeyman is one word. Superman's one word. I'm your boogeyman by Casey and the Sunshine Band. Two words. No, and I no. feel like that's that's really where I'm. I'm not coming from the boogeyman thing i'm coming from the booger man i'm your booger man booger man see i just really like him anointing him as almost as this superhero-esque figure what you want i just really want to listen to casey and the sunshine band i'll say respectfully i don't go to casey and the sunshine band for my for my grammatical answers oh i use i just made a lot of people angry a lot of those got super angry with me i shouldn't have i'm sorry we're trying it on a positive note here i just angered a huge huge set of our our fans our producer Casey probably supports not going to Casey and the Sunshine Band since they don't spell it the same. Mm. Oh, okay. Well, there we go. Let's go listen to Casey and the Sunshine Band. This has been the half year check in for MMA fighting. We appreciate y'all for joining us. As always, that man is Jed Mashu. That man is Alexander Kaylee. I'm Sean Oshadi. It's been a fun half year so far. Let's uh, hope the second half of the year gives us a lot more to talk about. I'm sure it will. In the meantime, keep it locked to this wonderful website, this wonderful podcast network, and we will be back with you soon. Enjoy the fights. Love y'all. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.